Ready? Whoever's scrolling their mouse wheel, stop. Are you an owl? No, we can hear everything no, you're doing. We can hear it's picking up on the mic. I can literally hear your heart beating. You can hear a vole moving under snow two miles away. Electronic Wireless Show, episode 97, Rock Paper Shotguns, uh, PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. My name is Alice Bell. I am the deputy editor of Rock Paper Shotgun, and I'm joined this week, as ever, by Vidbud Matthew Castle. Hello. And our section editor, Nick Crowley. I keep I say your last name differently every time, Nate. <laughs> no, it's cool. I, I'm not actually sure there is a fixed pronunciation, so uh, let's just you know, spin up a different vowel each week. All right, will do. Uh, how are you this week? I'm, I'm trying Lads. to breathe like a sniper right now. Um, I got really unnerved just before we started recording because I was rolling my mouse wheel and Alice could hear it <laughs> with her, like, owl ears. So I'm sort of breathing really slowly and shallowly, and it's making me a bit lightheaded. I might just uh, might just give that up as a bad idea. But what I mean, you you are aware that you are using a microphone, Nate. <laughs> yeah, but they only they're simple machines, really, aren't they? No, true, they don't have AI. I don't think yet. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't think they can hear your hands? <laughs> I mean, no, true. Yeah, that isn't what Logitech advertise on the box. That isn't one of their inbuilt features. Uh, how are you, how are you, Matthew? Uh, I'm I'm very uh, oniony because I had a kebab for lunch <laughs> because mm. we we were in a bad mood, so we decided to have kebabs. Um, but I had this theory of you get to select the salad with your kebab. And I've been trying to give, get them to give me more onions by selecting less salad in general, thinking they'd balance it out, where actually they hadn't in the past. They'd given me like one portion of onions, one portion of yeah. cabbage. There is an end <laughs> to this story. Um, so I did the same today, but they gave me so many onions. It was basically just ch- a box of chicken and onions. Uh, so I kind of feel rank. Right oh, now. That's superb. I, I, I would honestly eat an onion like an apple. I love, I love things. I love onions, oh. but it, this was too much. This was this was too much onion. It's gone too far the other way. I I did actually. I disgusted uh, some people on a, a team call earlier this morning because I was eating my breakfast. Because I can't eat first thing. I have to have a cup of tea and then let myself bed into the day and then have my breakfast sort of mid morning. So I was on a team call and I was like, "I'm sorry, everyone. I'm just eating my breakfast of buttered Weetabix." <laughs> Mm. Buttered Weetabix. Yeah, just dry two dry Weetabix on a plate, buttered as if twere toast. 
but cold so the butter isn't melty or anything. That's like something someone would eat in some sort of dismal 90s fat diet. I'm into it. <laughs> or it's something, it's something Mr Bean would make for his breakfast. Yeah. That's, yeah, very accurate. <laughs> it would like fall into a shoe and he'd eat it. Eat the shoe and then yeah. the oh, and go, Mr. Bean, what won't he do? <laughs> oh, Mr. Bean. Oh, Mr. Bean. Moment silence there for Mr. Bean. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> um, <so, laughs> it's all right. Uh, I'll stop giggling for Mr. Bean. That's okay. You're meant to giggle for Mr. Bean. Well, so, no, yeah. I don't think that's very respectful now. Now he's gone. Is he? No, no, I was just riffing on the whole uh, oh, Mr. Right. Bean has passed away oh, thing. Oh, right. So I thought for a second now I hadn't heard about the demise of Ron Atkinson. Oh, God, no, I shouldn't joke. I'm sorry. The, the best tweet this year was some random account pretending to be Disneyland just tweeted goofy has died <laughs> and it was it was before like the virus and everything so it wasn't like sort of miserable pandemic satire it was just this complete dardaris tweet saying goofy has died and it wouldn't have been funny if it said like you know goofy's passed away in his sleep or like yeah. you know it's with regret it was just the three words goofy has died and it makes me think of just that being said by a really stern newsreader <laughs> on a cold open to the news. <laughs> Goofy has died. Uh, I do. I did want to quickly uh, share some topical news, uh, a bright spot or a, perhaps a light entertainment spot uh, that people might find interesting. Uh, let me click onto it. So, uh, Tiger King's uh, Joe Exotic, uh, his zoo now belongs to Carol Baskin. Why? Oh. I was expecting a reaction. Did neither of you watch it? No. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know that there's something called Carol Baskin. Whenever I hear that name, I always think she's somehow involved with Baskin Robbins, the ice cream makers. Same. Same. <laughs> but I guess that's not true. No, so she is, so basically, I've listen, everyone listening to that, that was such a waste of time. This is like when I excitedly made the uh, Christmas pizza from the Peter Serafinowicz show for my housemates and got up really early in the morning and ran downstairs and did it delightedly and then none of them had seen the show. So I just really? made, so I just made a horrible pizza with smoked salmon on it. Um Carol, basically, in certain states in America, you're just allowed to have tigers. Mm. Like, as many as you want, which is... There's more tigers kept privately in the state of Texas than there are in the wild. Yeah. Uh, and so two, two such people are Joe Exotic, who's now in prison for... Like his tigers. Uh, indeed. Uh, he's in prison for... Um, uh, paying someone to kill Carol Baskin, right? <laughs> and Carol Baskin owns a rival, uh, big cat. She calls it a sanctuary, but it is essentially just it's a it's a zoo with more trees. Um, she owns a, a similar private place, 
uh, and because she was suing, she basically in 2013, uh, he, he, Joe Exotic, was ordered to pay her a million dollars. Um, and because he didn't, um, uh, they, basically she now owns the zoo and I guess all the tigers therein. This is not related to games at all, though I bet someone is making a Joe Exotic game as we speak. Oh, a million dollars is such a comical amount of money. Like, if it was, if he was ordered to pay like $1.2 million or something, that would be really sober. But it sounds like a child has been made the judge. <laughs> I order you to pay a million dollars. It's very 1960s evil villain. Yeah, it's a fool's idea of a lot of money. I don't know. I I would. That would be a lot of money for me. A fool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. You, you, you peasants! <laughs> I wipe my bum with a million dollar note. Oh, I wouldn't turn my nose up at it right now. Think of all the oniony kebabs it would buy. Oh, the biggest oniony kebab in the world. Mm. Speaking of the the biggest oniony kebab in the world, how about those games? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so good as, as you at the segways, Alice. I think your segways have their own charm, Nate. They're sort of uh, like a, a drunk uncle crashing through a display of porcelain animals at a child's birthday party. Uh, yeah, well, I, we are this week. Uh, we've been talking a lot of nonsense. Here's a segue. We've been talking loads of rubbish on our podcasts, and that's uh, you know actually absent because this week uh, we're talking about games that are good to play whilst you listen to podcasts. That's quite tenuous, but uh, this was suggested by uh, our listener Marcus, I believe. Uh, who and if you have questions or wish to email suggestions for themes or ideas, you can email podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. Um, but yeah, so first of all, do you listen to podcasts while you play games at all? I, I have done, I am, I have it in the past, but I'm not, I'm not a huge avid podcast listener, though I'm becoming more of one, like particularly since lockdown started, I've been listening to a lot more podcasts, but, uh, in the past, I, I've, I specifically remember listening to the first series of Serial the very famous true crime podcast uh, mm. while playing uh, Sunset Overdrive on the Xbox, uh, which I don't, are tonally very different, very different things. Um, if you're at all familiar with either of them, you'll know that one is about jumping around a kind of rainbow colored city, collecting trainers. And the other is about trying to get a boy out of jail because he maybe didn't murder his girlfriend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're now welded together as things. So you know, whenever someone mentions cereal, that's what I think of is that there's that like there's a like a soft drinks mascot called Fizzy. Or I think that's his name. That's what pops into my head when people say cereal. Hmm. I, I mean, that's sort of like you know a peanut butter and jam sandwich jelly. Sandwich or like maple syrup on bacon. That those are two quite different flavor profiles. Aren't they? I'd say Sunset Overdrive is definitely jam, but I'd say cereal is. I mean, it's very. 
it's it's way more sophisticated than peanut butter. It's like a like a very I don't know, strong cheese. I'm trying to think of something that's adult. Olives. It's like, like a- <laughs> yeah. Basically, Does that, I I don't like olives. Does that make me a child? Well, I don't like them either, but I did like cereal. Anyway, that's a jam and olive sandwich. That's what I'm saying. I love massive olives. I, for some reason, that made me think of Massive Attack then. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> massive olives. I like some Massive Attack as well. Uh, are you a podcast? What's a yeah. fan of? Because podcaster is someone that does podcasts. So what's someone who's a fan of it? A podhead. A podo. Um, a podsman. Uh, I I like podcasts. I have struggled for quite a while to engage with any media that isn't games, actually. I keep trying to get really get back into watching movies and reading books, which are things I really love. Um, but, I've, yeah, I mean, when I'm not either writing or, or, or playing, uh, I pretty much only make it as far as uh, watching Professional Age of Empires 2 now. Uh, but when I do <laughs> listen to podcasts, um, I, I, I do it while doing the housework. Because um, it... Uh, I... I with games, I can't even really listen to music while playing games if they've got any audio capacity at all, because it somehow feels like I'm I'm cheating the maker of the game if I'm not entirely immersed in the game's audio, even if it's garbage. I see the the kind of the composition, the composer. Yeah, yeah. I do. I, I mean, I kind of need I'm like a child or I don't know I'm like some sort of what something I just need constant sensory input all the time from all directions uh so I and a game isn't enough by itself no like I I when I'm writing I have to have like something else on like a podcast often a video like a video essay is my favorite because then it's visual input as well um but I I I would say, like, do you think there is a game that, or a genre or a type of game that lends itself? Yeah, I mean, so Sunset Overdrive ticked the box because it was mainly a collectathon. You know, I was, it was something that didn't require like an ounce of, of like brain power to kind of finish. So I could give, I you know, I had like 98% of my brain left to dedicate to listening to Serial and absorbing it. And I'd, so I'd say things like that, things like Assassin's Creed, um, yeah. the, the, especially since it's gone Origins and Odyssey, you know, because they're so vast and they're so sort of uh, hollow. It's probably meaner than it sounds. They're so simple you know you so monotonous like you've you've cleared out one thought you've cleared out ten thousand thoughts in those games um so yeah i can i've been playing a bit of assassin's creed odyssey and i've been listening to film podcasts while i've been doing that um anything with a um uh, like looting games like diablo um is is good actually for it 
Yeah, yeah. I have listened to, funnily enough, film film podcasts while playing Borderlands. Interesting. What? Uh, how was that experience? Um, really interesting. I remember very little about what I did in the game, but I remember the podcasts really well. Um, do you have, Do you know um, how did this get made? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I listened to one about um, God, some really terrible train wreck. But yeah, do you know that one, Matthew? I don't. It's good. It's got um, who's he's quite sort of aggressively handsome. Um, the he, he he plays the the real lunatic detective on Brooklyn Nine Nine, who's got an on off thing with the lady. Really not explaining that very well. Uh, he plays. Um, I can't remember his name, uh, but yes, I know it's ba- and, and it's basically um, he looks like um, a sort of a Babylonian king from a Civ game or something. He's got a really strong profile and staring eyes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he's also extremely funny. He's very good on that podcast. Um, it sounds like I'm obsessed with him, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, that was while playing Borderlands Two. It always worries me though that, like, when you play a game and listen to a podcast, and you remember the podcast, but you don't remember the game, but you made as much progress or you achieved as much in the game as you would have without the podcast, and then it makes you reevaluate like all the time you spent playing that game, and you think, was this ever? Was did I trick myself into thinking this was engaging in the first place? Like, if it requires this little mental power to kind of play, like, what am I actually doing it for? Or is that just me? Oh, I think you you sort of make a... It, it, that's quite an encouraging sign. So I, I don't know about you, but I find quite often when I'm playing something familiar, it's good chance to ruminate on things semi-consciously right often if i'm really stuck writing something Mm. like fiction wise especially if i like just yeah stop and do like um half an hour of something i will find ideas present themselves that i've been on you know for things that i've been stuck on because the bit of my brain, I guess, that would be listening to a podcast or whatever is still turning things over. Um, so I think it's, it's quite good. It's like putting your thoughts on a spin cycle while you... Um, not like a rotating bicycle, like a washing machine. Or like... Um, uh, uh, who was it? Uh, e equals MC squared, that fella. Oh, Brainstein. Frankenstein. Yeah, Frank- yeah, Frankenstein worked in a patent office or something, didn't he? Because it was boring and he didn't have to think about it, so he could think about science instead oh, and then invented the universe. That always, it always really bums me out where I've known a few people who've done the same job as me, as in games journalism, and then you find out they were working on a secret project or a book or something on the side, and then it... And then that's actually the thing. And so what they were doing as a job where they were easily matching me, if not bettering me, 
you know, was just them phoning it in. And you're like, oh, Jesus, like, <laughs> like both <laughs> our careers, this is 100% what I have. And to you, it was just a kill time in the days so you could go back and do this. <laughs> This isn't me, like, <laughs> subtweeting Nate, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you think so highly of me, but uh, I'll assure you it comes at uh, the expense of any sort of a social life, even outside of a pandemic. No, no, but, like, well, like I'd, well, take Tom Francis, for example, you know, yeah. he's one, one of the absolutely best writers about games that I know, and he's also absolutely amazing at making games. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> what a gifted bastard! <laughs> You know? Oh. Yeah, but you're well good at films. What, watching them? Anyone can watch them. <laughs> you just <laughs> sit. <laughs> can you sit and are your eyes open? <laughs> if so, you are ready to watch a film, my friend. Look, uh, appreciating art is a skill, man. Yeah, maybe. But, Tom, is... <laughs> but, Tom, but Tom watches films as well and he knows all about them. <laughs> I just, I'm missing the key ingredient. Like, oh. This is like, this is like when, like, your mate's broken up with someone and, and, she, and, and she's going out with, like, someone else who's way better looking. And you're like, no, nah, mate, you're. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, but you're, you're good at watching films. Yes. Yeah, Sorry, that's right. Uh, when I was at university, uh, there was a guy who'd always ask me, how are the films? Because that's all he associated with me. He knew, like, oh, that guy likes films. And that was, like, his sort of, like, conversation. He'd be like, all right, buddy. Didn't even know my name. All right, buddy. How are the films? <laughs> like, oh, it's like, yeah, they, they continue to be made. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. There was a guy who I was at university with who remains mutual friends with uh, well I guess he is friends with other people I went to university with I'm not his friend and he like he'd for a span of like it's been 10 years now like since we're at university together and I I was in similar friendship groups to him at university he came to a house party at my house at university and for the last decade whenever I've run into him he introduces himself to me again <laughs> in uh, like the the most like the just the biggest power move a dickhead can make like that uh, is ghastly there continually a, does not know who i am there's a service the, the company i used to work at years ago who um it like he was one the kind of like the person Matthew mentions wants to finds out one thing about you, and then uses it their uses it as their opener constantly. <laughs> and he knew I was married, um, <laughs> and so every time, to, how's married life? Uh, and it was always annoying, but it was particularly annoying when I got divorced. Uh, <laughs> and oh just, uh, he forgot. I was like, how's married life? And I did nearly batter him. It was, it was really, really like, oh, I'm so glad I don't know him anymore. Well, at least Good. I had a, a weird encounter with a relatively famous video game voice actor 
where I'd met him a few times and I met him again at Gamescom and was like, all right, it's Matthew. And he was like, oh, hi, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, I sort of reintroduced myself. Then he introduced, then like about two minutes later, I bumped into him again and he was with someone else and he introduced me to that person, but he introduced me as Aaron (gasps) and I didn't want to embarrass him. So I went along with it. I didn't correct him because I thought it would be rude. But then I realized I had this huge, because uh, you're at Gamescom, I had this huge lanyard around my neck with Matthew Castle rock, paper, shotgun on it. Oh, no. So I had to very slowly raise my hand across it because I didn't want them to see it. So, so I had to pretend to be called Aaron for the rest of the conversation while covering this, oh, this name tag. <laughs> uh, it's enormous Mark from Paper Show energy. That yeah. Is, that yeah. is powerful. But, you know, there's just... Uh, some people you don't want to cross, I guess. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, Matthew has thankfully brought us back round to the vicinity of games again because we haven't talked about games again for about five minutes. <laughs> um, so back to games to play while listening to podcasts. Um, I was going to suggest something like a Wilmot's Warehouse, which is a, a, a kind of a favourite. That's a superlative like, idea, Alice. Um, do you, but does, or, does that not require a lot of brain power? Like, see, that's why it's that you sort of have to be in touch with the game in a way that I sort of feel you don't in like a an ARPG where you're just clicking to make little men explode. Right. So I don't know. Do you have thoughts about that? Big thoughts. Yeah, I, I reckon it's ideal because what really struck me about Wilmot when I played it is that I was. Um, focused on it on a really deep level but at no point was I actively thinking about it I wasn't having to to consciously think about it it was my mind was sort of you know it was like my uh, my RAM was getting absolutely rinsed by it but my processor was fine, or the other way around. I don't know enough about computers, actually, to make that metaphor work. I guess what I mean is I was having to make millions of little decisions every second, but none of them were big enough to actually have to consciously analyse. So my brain was really busy, but I could carry on a conversation. I could definitely have listened to a podcast. You know, I probably could have, like, defended myself in court. Um, For for what crime? (laughs) For the murder I'd committed. Um, No, no, I'd I'd probably... Oh, what would I like to defend myself for in court? Having, like, thrown someone in the sea, but for a good reason, I reckon. Right. (laughs) Interesting. That would probably be, like, eight. ABH, I don't know. Um, Assault. Yeah, I don't know. I just claim that, like, I was, you know, Poseidon required it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's loopholes that get you out if that's the case. So it it does seem like if there is a kind of type of game that lends itself to this, it's either something sort of quite simple and zen like Wilmot's Warehouse or something aggressively busy but it's it's the but they're almost games that are so busy 
that you can't help but win. Like there's so much stuff. There's no matter what you do, you will achieve something. And that's kind of the like the Ubisoft model with Assassin's yeah. Creed. Like that world is so stuffed with things. You can't walk 10 meters without coming across something that is like to be ticked off. It's it's never you're never doing it just for the sake of doing it. It's it's uh you know, it's not just a, a wolf you're killing, it's uh the king of wolves or whatever. <laughs> um uh yeah. it's also there being a a lack of long-term consequence for decisions you're making. Because if your concentration slips for a second and then you start yourself off down a plot line that's going to take eight hours in a really mm. heavy GTRPG, that's probably not ideal. Um, I find FTLs quite good for, for things like this because even if you do lose concentration and botch a run, it was probably going to end sooner or later anyway. You know, it's not the end of the world. You can just start again. Yeah. It's if we're actually that thing you're talking about, like the Zen games, like Wilmot's Warehouse, is it maybe it's actually less Zen. Maybe it is just you've got heightened you've got an amazing brain that lets you do those two things. Because I, I always remember the um on DS, the Nintendo DS, you know that brain training you used to do? Oh, yeah. A lot of those activities were based around, like, trying to get you to do two things at once. Like, look at, you know, it was like, here's numbers, but you're actually looking at the colour of the number. You know, it tries to, like, it, it pulls your... You know, it, its training regime is trying to pull your brain in several directions at once. And maybe that's actually what you're tapping into. Maybe they're not simple games. You've just got a killer a killer noggin. Killer noggin. Maybe. That, I that's used a to terrible p- serial killer name. <laughs> I used to play a lot of uh, Minesweeper at university. And it wasn't... I wasn't listening to podcasts because I don't think podcasts were a thing back then. Probably not. I don't know. Um, but I could be in a room of friends chatting with them or listening to conversation while playing Minesweeper like a maniac in the corner. Uh, That's just rude, Matthew. That, that isn't rude, rude man. man. Like, I, like, I don't mean to blame my own trumpet. I was, I was pretty good at Minesweeper. You know, I was like, I'd say if there's a game, if there's any game that I've ever come close to being like sort of abnormally good at, I would say Minesweeper is it, which isn't a very exciting one. But like enough that like occasionally people would be like, they'd see you playing Minesweeper and they'd be like, you know, what the fuck? What are you doing? How are you doing it that fast? And you'd be like, oh, that's Minesweeper. That's like, that's how you play Minesweeper. Because a lot of people, I think Minesweeper, <laughs> but I know this, is, this, is, this sounds weird, but a lot of people treat Minesweeper as that boring thing that you try once on your, on your parents' PC when you're 10 and you're like, oh, this is a terrible game. Why is this under games on Windows? Like, games are doom. This isn't that. Um, but actually, you can play it incredibly fast, and like uh, Minesweeper speedrunners are like crazy. I mean, like I'm not in that league, but I can play it faster than a normal human. I think. I like your kind of Nate having established at the start of this that we could hear you scrolling your mouse wheel. No way. <laughs> yeah. <You're... laughs> Why are you? Nuts. Oh my goodness! <laughs> we can hear the kids in the garden. 
if I, if honestly, if I was a field mouse scurrying under a blanket of snow, two hundred meters away from you on a windy night, I'd be worried for my life. <laughs> it's talons would be coming out of the sky. But that isn't in in that. But for your analogy to make sense, that field mouse would be having to wear a mic, which is mic'd up to the yeah. owl. For some reason, this field mouse is is on a conversation on Skype with the owl, which is just very unlikely. That episode there. That's a uh, that's that's a modern day uh, reboot of Animals of Farthing Wood. That's what that would be like. You can't bring up animals of farthing wood, and we'll have to spend fifteen minutes talking about that. That holds a place in the psyche of every every you know child oh. from the UK of a, a certain age. Yeah, if if you're not from the UK and you do not know what animals of farthing wood is, don't bother finding out. Yeah, or that, I would say look it up and then marvel at how that was allowed to be a children's television show. Basically, a load of animals get absolutely mullered. Just killed brutally. Oh, God, it is, I have nightmares. It's, it's like the Game of Thrones of its time for its, like, death rate. Yeah, oh, my God. Um, anyway, so we've but got... It's funny, actually, using the, the mouse wheel as a segue... Um, because this whole, I, I don't want to be the guy with ADHD who makes everything about how he has ADHD, but it uh, it makes for a really, really interesting environment in terms of trying to concentrate on two things at the same time, because I'm garbage at it. Right. So that uh, might, uh, yeah, like that, does make sense. that may explain why I've not done the podcasts and games much. I mean, it it might also just be a you know a thing that a lot of people don't do because I think there is I think the danger, like you said, that if you're doing the both at once, you're not really going to concentrate on either or get kind of the best of either. But um, I don't know. Well, I think there's so we've got type one, which is the really busy game that is that you sort of can't fail at and that you're you're not really mm. having to concentrate on like yeah like your like your diablos maybe your uh your uh, any, any kind of collect them up yeah your borderlands um you've got the kind of nice simple uncomplicated like i suppose it is complex in a way but you know like a very clean game like uh Wilmot's warehouse or Minesweeper. Uh, or Minesweeper. Or probably actually like indie games about depression and death because they're just like, they're all like tootling flute music and then you're just running around a garden also, or whatever. But they have a lot of them don't have that. I think length is key. Like it needs to be either a massive thing or a very repeatable thing. That's yeah. like I was saying with like, uh, like roguelites and yeah. things where you do quick runs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I would argue that's type three, actually. So I was going to argue type three would be a game that you know very well, oh. which oh, yeah. is more personal. But, what, but for no. example, I have played 
over 300 hours of Dragon Age Origins. Right. Uh, I know, yeah. And so I listen to podcasts if I'm replaying that because I don't need to pay attention to it. Now, you may then argue, why are you replaying it if you're not paying attention to it and you know it that well? And my response is, shut up. Oh, but I can't, I can't, like, I definitely can't have two voices at once. That's the thing. A game with lots of talking. Oh, that's anathema. Yeah. I can't, I can't have, you know, two chirpy Americans telling me their favorite uh, courtroom drama films and also an elf telling me about a crystal or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever happens in Dragon Age. <laughs> my uh my ex-husband uh called Dragon Age uh not Dragon Age Origins, Inquisition. He called Dragon Age Inquisition Shard Shardquisition, because whenever he came in and saw me playing it, I was running around collecting shards. Oh yeah. Which were to do they were like crystal shards to do something with. I can't remember, but there are about twenty on each map and just whenever he saw me playing it, I was collecting more shards. That games of the story. Sorry? I don't like to replay games with the story. Mm. I don't like to reread books or rewatch films either. I get an anxiety. There's so many stories to get through. I don't want to go back to the same ones twice. Yeah, that's true. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the games I was thinking about for this, they are they're things which don't have like finite ends. Because I don't tend to return to games myself. I am a like a one and done. Even things which I'll tell you are my favourite things ever. Like I, some of them I haven't played for fifteen years because they're just locked away as little perfect memories. So I don't want to go back. But I, I mean, I, I guess it sounds like I'm just sort of, you know, my brain operates a bit differently. To how you've got a better brain than us. I'm just really smart. Um, you're, you're like an octopus, mate. No, it's just because I. I will like watch things again. I have TV series that I watch over and over again, especially comedy series, because I want to sort of take apart jokes and figure out how they work and sort of get better at being funny. And like, you're, like, that. Out, you're like, like the villain in Heroes who goes around yeah. deconstructing other heroes. Yeah, exactly. Oh it's my god, like, I'm just I, I compare you to an octopus and an owl today. And is an octopus not the owl of the sea? It's got a beak. It uh, does It hasn't got a beak. It does have a beak. An octopus has got a beak. Surely it's all jelly, isn't it? No, that's what, it, that's what it eats with. Yeah, yeah. You imbecile, man. Oh my word! Yeah, it's got I a sharp got a little beak, beak instead of teeth. Wow! You know, it's anything a, every so day. terrifying. Yeah. Um. The but yeah, I will. And it, it's comforting. Like I, I will. I listen to like favorite episodes of my podcasts over and over again, especially when I'm trying to get to sleep. Uh, and I'll watch things over and over again, and because I'm just trying to figure out if I like a thing, a why do I like it? Like what makes it work? And then b how can I do it? <laughs> like right. so, I don't know. I, like no, I, mean, I get it. My wife guzzles down whole like box sets that we've watched before, and we'll sort of go through them every six months or so, like comedies for the most part. Yeah. 
Um, she'll really rinse through them. And, and she says that she doesn't really have to concentrate on them. I, I find that so interesting. Because I'm so impatient. Like if I'm watching a film or something, like I, I have to pause it if I go for a wee. Or like if someone else goes, like I'm very uptight, like if someone else goes for a wee, I'll pause it, even if they don't care. Um, like I just can't comprehend the idea of not staring rigidly at something like completely transfixed by it for every second that it's on. God. Yeah, I've never left I've never left the cinema to go to the toilet mid film. I have but it's the artist judging is a boring bit coming up, right? And I remember I remember going to see Lord of the Rings when I was a kid. Uh the second one where they end up in Lothlorien and I really needed a wee. And I was like, no, this bit seems important, this bit seems important, this bit seems important. And I remember being really annoyed because there's that bit where um, Big Girl Elf, uh, whatever her name is, the blonde one. Kate Blanchett. Yeah, Kate Blanchett. And she's going on and on and on. She drones on for about 15 minutes. And I remember sitting through all of it and going, oh, for God's sake, I should have gone for a piss then. Like, I just remember being really cross at Kate Blanchett. For her boring scene, um, but then she goes berserko. That is good. That last bit, yeah, that's true. It's, oh, well, it's, quite, it's quite scary. Yeah. It's quite sexy. <laughs> so, so is there any game that you know well enough that you could sort of, kind of partially ignore, like a game with a plot? Yeah, and well, any game, I suppose. Uh, I think I could probably tool around in, like, the Dishonored games because, like, they've got, you know, I really like them. I, I know I know the sort of the stories and, 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 and the kind of what can happen in each level inside out, but there's, like, enough things to kind of toy around with and mess around with that I mm. could I could probably do that. I'd say and this is this is entirely theoretical of course. I haven't I haven't played Dishonored with a podcast. I should I should state for the record. But that would work. I used to adore um in my early teens playing Ultima Seven while listening to the best of Sting. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a sort of podcast in a sense, isn't he? True. Um, it was the days of cassette types, you see, and <laughs> that was, that was, no, it wasn't, I tell a lie, it was the early days of CDs, and my computer could play CDs, but I think we only had like four in the house, and one of them was the best of Sting, uh, which no one particularly liked, it had been lent to us by some family friends who did really like Sting. And it was one of those things where, like, you quite like something that you listen to with someone, and you're too polite, and they think you really like it, and so they like lend it to you. <laughs> um, and so I sort of, I took one for the team on on that one, and just listened to the best of Sting a lot. <laughs> um, and I really now associate it with Ultima Seven, but that's a game with with a story and stuff, and it really works. I, I I have that with um, when I was at university. 
one of my friends got an uh, Xbox 360 came out right at the end of university and it had Call of Duty 2 on it. And one of the features of the Xbox 360 is you could burn a CD to the Xbox and or import it as a custom soundtrack. And we used to play split screen Call of Duty 2, uh, four of us did, uh, to the Best of Danny Elfman, Volume 2. <laughs> and literally, because we'd play it for hours and hours, so this soundtrack would be on a loop. And now, I, when any of those tracks plays in a film, it's like I'm having a, a literal war flashback. Like, I'm, st- I'm, I'm straight back there in the streets of Carantan, hiding behind a piano with a sniper fire, while, like, <laughs> the theme from Black Beauty honks out, you know? <laughs> it's... it's I, I, but the, the maddest thing was... Like matches, because matches were like fifteen or twenty minutes long. They actually fit the rhythms of certain songs, so we'd know when it got to a certain bit of the song that we were like, "This is it. This is the final push." Like this, this is, and it was a really weird because it wasn't like Daniel from his main stuff. It was all like Summersby and Black Beauty and like Pee Wee Herman. So it, was a... so it wasn't even like Batman, or no, no Batman. No, it was like super strange stuff. Um, there's a track in it it had the theme tune from midnight run which is an absolute it's a banger of a theme tune it's one of the the greatest bits of film music ever uh but it's so jovial compared to the rest of it and whenever that played it was just like that was like that anything could happen three minutes um <laughs> but uh, yeah oh god that is just so ingrained in my head that that is the sound of war that is remarkable <laughs> have they ever have they ever put like um so I've got, I've got to admit, I've barely played GTA V, although having actually quite liked, well, I played tons of San Andreas, right? And and like that's the only one of the modern sort of three D GTAs I've really gotten into. But like I always thought they should have made podcasts for the radio stations on that. Oh. I don't know if they have. Have they? No, I and mean, they've always had like the talk stations, which are you know, mainly chat, obviously. But, yeah, I don't think they had podcasts in GTA Five. I played a lot of that uh, game. It's a good idea, though, isn't it? It is yeah. good. Actually, I think, like, big open-world go- games like like that and, like, um, uh, maybe Red Dead and, yeah, Assassin's Creed Odyssey are quite good because, like, in, in real life, I listen to podcasts when I'm going for a walk. And if it's a game big enough where I am essentially going for a walk a lot of the time, that tracks quite well. Actually, will blow me down. Now you mention it, I have listened to loads of podcasts while playing the cowboy game. The cowboy game. There you go. But it was such a natural experience. Yeah, I didn't even think, huh. It is perfect for it, isn't it? Yeah. It's very mellow, sort of ambling about. And then someone in your ear talking about, well, most of the podcasts I listen to are about, you know, tracking the right wing and info wars. So they're quite depressing at the moment. But uh, uh, I listen to Agatha Christie uh, BBC serializations as well from Radio 4. They're good. What are you laughing at, Matthew? How do you? Oh, just, just, uh, it's like the idea of, of like, I just pictured the, what's his face, the cowboy from Red Dead oh, yeah. 2, being into these, like, dainty murder mysteries. Just, I don't know. <laughs> so it's quite a sweet little image. I, I think the, the vicar did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
He's a bad boy. Boys. We should probably look at some of the reader suggestions. Every week we uh, solicit answers to what we're going to be discussing uh, on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, So we posted asking, what games do you play while listening to podcasts? We've got quite a few. Uh, Steve says, Euro Truck Sim 2, an American truck sim, absolutely uh, perfect for podcast listening, seconded uh, the perfect podcast vehicle. So that's like a road trip, isn't it? So that makes perfect sense. Mm. Oh yeah. Although, I've never been they I've never been attracted to uh the, the truck sims, but they were a big fixture of uh RPS when Alec is still here because he loved them. So uh yeah, I can see that. It intrigues me. I've never tried something like that. But that maybe that would be the thing that makes it. Yeah. Uh, Leon says Warframe, Minecraft and Terraria uh, when I'm grinding and not particularly paying attention podcasts and music are great oh, yeah. do you think you could play Mincecraft uh, sorry Mincecraft oh yeah well I, was, I, I actually um, was a bit lonely last night and so I said to my mate look do you want to just go on Mince and have a chat for a bit because we've both started to find video calls it's really stressful because it's like just it's something you don't do in reality just sit opposite someone staring at them um so now we go on ments and just chat while we're doing that we just go on creative mode and build we've got this ongoing sort of massive castle project and yeah again it's one of those things you totally switch off one layer of your mind but you're still making all these little aesthetic decisions. So yeah, podcasts and ments would be a lovely combo. Yeah. Uh, Is it sad that when you said massive castle project, I thought like me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're making a vast effigy of you. <laughs> nice. Oh, you should. That'd be terrifying. Terrifying. It'd be awesome. <laughs> Make the game castle for real. Oh my god, that's the dream. People have to lay massive white. Like blocks of marble at your feet to represent Rennie tablets. I thought you were going to say my teeth falling out. <laughs> <laughs> For reasons unknown. Oh, yeah. Why is that where you might? Like, yeah, this is the natural conclusion to her sentence. <laughs> when you said white blocks, I was like, are my teeth falling out? But. I don't know. I, I need to go and see the dentist, <sighs> but that's, 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 that's not for the podcast. That's something else. <laughs> Uh, oh, this is interesting. So Colin H says certain puzzle games are perfect for podcasts. I solve Griddlers, which is Picross, oh. while listening. I love Picross. I've got an app on my phone that I'm pretty sure they're oh. only updating because I'm still playing it. Like oh, I just, you, activated oh. Alice's trap card. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I love them. It's a great app as well because they just they clearly just like get pictures from the internet and then run them through some sort of filter. So there's loads of like Mario things or like right. uh, chibi Dark Souls monsters that are called like video game character. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love Picross DS on the Nintendo DS. 
that was a real good game. My brother loved Picross so much, he cosplayed as Picross once. And it was just a white shirt with a Picross grid on it, but I quite liked it. <laughs> Did he get solved? Oh, I, think, I think that was the... I think it was like at a party, and yeah, you had to solve my brother. Um, <laughs> um, I don't like puzzles with, like, like abstract puzzles. Actually, I don't like puzzles. You must, well, have, you must have seen the Miracle video recently, the the Miracle uh, Sudoku. Miracle guy. Sudoku, yeah. There's his article on it, actually, and do you know what? It came close to convincing me, but it didn't. Watch, did you watch the video? No. Oh, it's, it's genuinely, a, it's brilliant. The guy is just, he has his mind blown by what he's doing, and he's just, it's like... The very essence of like, oh, you clever bastards! Uh, oh, it's so good. It's so good. And when he he places the threes, and he goes like, the threes are placeable, and he goes, this is going to solve. This is going to solve, isn't it? It's so good. <laughs> I, it's really right. ge- it's really genuine in a way that like most YouTube videos aren't. You know, you've got a lot of people pretending to be moved by video games, and this was like a guy genuinely. Having his like mind blown, it didn't feel fake at all. It was just so I do pure. respect passion. Yeah, I loved it. It was just so sincere. It was really nice. All right then. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, so good. Talking about repeating, I've watched that Miracle Sudoku video like ten times. So good. <laughs> uh, so it's so I can work out how to uh, emulate sincerity. You see. Ah, um, nice. <laughs> Uh, keep your hands off candy store exclamation mark uh, it says building exploring games seconds uh, Terraria stuff like Factorio Satisfactory uh, oh yeah Factorio yeah uh, Space Engineers No Man's Sky uh, Astroneer Slime Roger Prison Architect Grimworld and also interestingly mentions Dwarf Fortress do you have a response to that Nate? yes um they're clearly not playing Dwarf Fortress properly. Um, <laughs> now, I think, I don't know, like, I, I am so involved in, like, the emergent narrative in Dwarf Fortress and constantly trying to hoover up as much information about everything as possible. I need every layer of my mind to even have a hope of steering that terrible behemoth. Um <laughs> But I do agree with Factorio. That is a brilliant shout. What else have we got? Uh, Ash says, I play WoW while listening to podcasts and YouTube videos for leveling, gathering, etc. Uh, I usually prefer music or just the in-game sounds for Battlegrounds, but uh, I can still listen while I PvP. It's just not easy to focus. Mm-hmm. PvE and WoW would be perfect for it, actually, because you are doing rack all in WoW. I used to play WoW loads. I was a, like, when I was at university... I played loads of WoW, and it, yeah, you. It's very autopilot because it's like go here, kill ten boar until you've like yeah. It's all the gathering and stuff, and the the digging levels, grinding. Uh, did you ever play WoW, either of you? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. I've never, I've never played an MMO. Really? Oh, you, yeah. you fake nerd. Oh no, I just, just, oh, I just don't. Yeah. Just never had the never had the time or inclination really. I went in late late on, like um probably twenty 
14, something like that. Don't know, uh, last few years anyway. Um, and it was largely out of interest to see what it had become rather than to actually play the game. Because um, I do find the PvE very boring and I'm not into to PvP really. No, fair play. I quite liked playing it with my... It was a way to keep in touch with my friends from home while we were all miles apart and it was quite good because one of my mates uh specced his character to be like grom hell screen and had macros macros set up so that like every 15 to 30 seconds he would just yell one of grom's lights that's so good would you, uh, do you remember my, my thing where I, where I was like my whole bit was someone doing a bad gandalf impersonation yes that was so good we should we'll link to those in the uh in the that was a great way to play the game <laughs> yeah we'll link we'll link those in the in the post but uh yeah nate did a number of streams uh as a, a kind of uh, uh you called Gandalf the great I'm totally original <laughs> wizard what do you mean i'm not doing an impression of anyone as a character of my own devising <laughs> And then loads of people turned up to play with him, and then loads of like there was like Sarah Main and stuff. <laughs> and Harry good. Potter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hugh says basically any turn-based strategy game like Civ City Skylines, uh, and any FPS I can play mostly by sight rather than sound. Sight rather than sound. So classic deathmatch games like Quake or Unreal Tournament. I couldn't play a strategy game whilst listening to a podcast, I don't think. I turn-based, I think. I, I played um, most of uh, XCOM, uh, the recent one, Chimera Squad, uh, while listening to podcasts. You so... wouldn't do that with Gears, though, would you? Oh, no. no. I, I like I like the sound effects too much. I have to pay attention to it. No, actually, I didn't do it with Gears. I did do it with XCOM. I think XCOM, like... I just got uh, like ahead of the difficulty curve quite early on, and then it was just like killing time with it, really. So, uh, what else have we got? <laughs> um, oh, this is it. Okay, so Bread Pit <laughs> <laughs> says the Mad Max game by Avalanche. Oh, Do you remember that? That's that's like. The ultimate collectathon. That is that is the best seven out of ten game ever made. Yeah, I know there are loads. I know there are loads of people who are super passionate about that game. I quite liked it. I I didn't play it all the way through. I I played a decent enough chunk of it to kind of get its vibe. But yeah, it's like a. I think lovers out of seven out of, lovers of seven out of tens. That's like the holy grail. That is that yeah, it's so good. Did you ever play it, Nate? I think you might like it actually. You get to be Max. Oh, you have a dog. we have like a maggot farm. You have a little man who lives on your car and kind of clambers about on your car. He looks and like Gollum. A... He does look like Gollum. And you have like a you have a, a mind detecting dog. Uh and uh you get in big fights on the road. And it, it's very nice. The photo mode's great because it is very pretty because it is just huge tracts of empty desert, which is why you need a car, obviously. But, um... It's just a desert full of audio logs, basically. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm off. I'm off. 
I can't bear audio logs. I, 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 actually, maybe it's not audio logs, but it's it's the Mad Max equivalent. It's like a it'll be like a a, a freaking boot with a bit of story carved into it or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Amazing. <laughs> Whatever Mad Max. What's his deal? Like, you know, cars, I guess. Uh, so Ash, Asher said, "Yeah, cars." Cars and shotguns. Yeah. Um, Asher says uh, that he'll play anything. Uh, what's this in podcast? Cod, Viva Pinata, Burnout. Uh, but never on a first playthrough that I need full attention for. But once I've learnt all I need, the podcast and music flow. It's quite a nice, quite what? a nice. Back in the It's good. Isn't it? yeah, it's a good. A, a nicely phrased and reasonable opinion to to end that discussion on. It's good. Uh, so, I think we've just about come to the end of the podcast. Uh, and so all that remains is for us to, to recommend something that is not a video game. Nate, you can't do your book. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. For, for details on Nate's book, listen to the end of last week's podcast. Yeah, go and do that, actually. Yeah, that's what I recommend. Loophole. <laughs> Cheating. Uh, I, I'd like to recommend a book, a anthology of Locked Room Mysteries uh, called The Locked Room Mysteries, uh, collected by Otto Penzler, uh, and it's actually something I bought ages ago. I bought it on Kindle, um, but I was looking over it again the other day because it's absolutely massive. It's about a thousand pages of short stories, all of them locked room mysteries. And uh, yes, yeah, just really good. It's got a great a great selection of like uh, yeah, some biggies in there. There's a bit of uh, Agatha Christie, uh, Arthur Conan Doyle, um, uh, G.K. Chesterton. Uh, but there's also some, uh, you know, not weirder stuff, but some awesome lot room writers, sort of John Dixon Carr, Edward D. Hock, or Hock, I don't know which way it's pronounced. Uh, but if you like locked room mysteries, aka um, Jonathan Creek mysteries, it's really yeah. good. <laughs> That's an excellent uh, recommendation. It is good. Though dip much. into it, I would say, because if you read them in succession, you begin to see that. Lot room mysteries are kind of terrible because they're brilliant up until you get told the shitty way that it happened. Because you're like, you're really excited. It's like, a, I guess it's like a magic trick, and then someone shows you how they do it, and you're instantly like, oh, oh yeah, I guess that's that. <laughs> yeah. And there's a really terrible. Sorry, I don't mean to bang on about this. There's there's a terrible, terrible mystery about an in- <laughs> about an invisible man walking into a house, and a man yeah. gets murdered, and these guards are asked. Did anyone come into this house? And they say no. And the solution to the puzzle is it was a mailman and they just didn't think the detective meant the mailman when he asked, did anyone go in? <laughs> he says, did anyone go? Oh, you meant the mailman? Oh, yeah, a mailman went in, but we didn't think you meant him. And that's that's the solution to this terrible puzzle. He doesn't count. I think there's a uh, Miss Marple short story where it, it's similar and it's like, well, the, the butcher's boy was, came to do a delivery, but nobody notices a butcher, do they? <laughs> yeah, that, and that's, it may be trying to make a bigger point, but it's also arse as a solution. Because you can't be like, no one came in apart from one person. Like, that's guff. That isn't a locked room mystery. That's, that's, that's mega guff. <laughs> yeah, right. But 
Anyway, that's one of the stories ruined. Sorry. Uh, I I hope mine isn't too similar, but I wanted to recommend Cozy Mysteries, which is a specific genre of mystery um, that is basic. I wrote a supporter post about it that I will link to. Uh, you may not be able to read it if you're not a supporter, but that is just in, an incitement to become a supporter of RPS. Um, it's basically... It's a cozy mysteries are a, a kind of genre of mystery where the it's it's basically midsummer murders, right? Like it usually takes place in a small town, often an English town by the sea or in the Cotswolds. Uh, they are uh, often published uh, through publishing houses. So, like Agatha Raisin is one. The first Agatha Raisin book is called The Quiche of Death. Um, of course, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the protagonist is often a middle-aged lady who's new in town and she's got, you know, they're, they're often like 20 in the series and they've exploded recently because uh, people self-publish them on Amazon and they're really popular because uh, people sell them for like 99p or two quid uh, or put like the first one out for free to get you hooked. And they have amazing names. The, mur- the murder item is usually a food stuff. Uh the, the the titles are usually puns so like two genuine ones that i have at the moment uh one is called key lime die oh uh, one is a very deadly welcome and then often they have sounds like, like goosebumps books <laughs> it, it, that's what it is it's goosebumps books for like your mum <laughs> it's well good and that like i i'll read some examples uh so uh titles include Granny Vigilante colon Dark Web of Lies <laughs> uh bracket Granny Vigilante Cozy Mystery Book 3 close bracket uh or what else have we got sorry I'm just clicking through to read more Granny uh, Vigilante Granny Vigilante Yeah uh is her surname Vigilante Mate I hope so uh Murder in the Valleys, a cosy Welsh crime mystery full of twist. Brackets, the Harvard and Lambert Mysteries, book one. Is that the or, twist? It might be. Uh, Death Comes to Call, colon, an absolutely unputdownable English cosy mystery novel. Brackets, a Tara Thought mystery, book three, close brackets. Christ, they're like YouTube video titles, but book No, yeah. <laughs> gotta... You can't, you you can't describe the book after the title. <laughs> no, you should ever question mark. It's, it's not good. it's not the Da Vinci Code brackets, exciting historical globe trotting adventure set in museums, close brackets. <laughs> it basically is, isn't it? Um but the other interesting they are first of all they're really good. Um second of all, there's a an extra layer of mystery to them because you'll find often that Ones that have very similar titles, like, for example, The Winter Mystery, an absolutely gripping whodunit full of twists, or A Shrine to Murder, an enthralling crime mystery full of twists, or the aforementioned Murder in the Valleys, a cosy Welsh crime mystery full of twists. Are like They were clearly written by the same person, but they are all on Amazon from different authors. And so the, uh, the kind of uh, fascinating thing is that they are probably all churned out by uh a couple of dozen ghostwriters who are all getting paid thousands of pounds by unknown uh actors who just want to brag that they own all the books on amazon's bestseller lists and uh, there needs to be an investigative report 
Interesting. into this at some point. Oh, right, well, the big name authors do it, though, don't they? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, Nate, are you sticking with recommending this thing to the end of the last podcast? No, no, that would be unwholesome. Um, have I... Have I talked about crocodiles of the world on this podcast before? No. <laughs> I don't think so. It is the UK's foremost and possibly only collection of crocodiles. It right. does exactly what it says on the tin. It's got a lot of the different crocodiles from the world. Um, it's in Oxfordshire and... Although I've adjusted well to the isolation of quarantine, Mm. the one thing I have really craved, especially as summer has come on, has been crocodiles of the world. Usually we'd make a couple of visits there in the warmer months to browse the crocodiles of the world. And this year we'd be unable. I do worry about their, uh, their coffers. So when... This lifts, or you need to test your eyesight. Um, drive yourself down to Crocodiles of the World and witness more crocodiles in a shed than you thought possible. It's real, it's good. Um, the animal welfare standards are really commendable. Uh, when I say a shed, I actually mean a series of warehouses. Oh yeah, I did imagine like a garden shed that had a, a horrifying number of crocodiles. My wife had, had a crocodile in a shed in the seventies. What? Actually, maybe in the eighties. Actually, <laughs> wasn't legal. Well, it definitely wasn't legal. It was a West African dwarf caiman. Great crocodile. Top crocodile, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's the smallest as well. It's not even a crocodile, is it? It's a caiman. But uh, I mean, they're like, um, you know, a sort of size of a large roast. (laughs) That is is how they judge crocodiles, isn't it? (laughs) By roast roast equivalents. This this crocodile is is 20 roasts long. (laughs) Yeah. So I do it. I remember that from my top Trump days. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm going to put an end to this madness. All that remains is to say thank you very much for listening. Uh, remember that we have a YouTube channel, www.youtube.com forward slash rock paper shop. We have merch as well, which is on teespring.com forward slash store forward slash rock paper shotgun. Uh, and uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, uh, and importantly, on www.rockpapershotgun.com full full stop that's it uh, and don't forget to check out our discord as well because there are a lot of nice people on there and they organise playing games together uh, and doing lots of fun things so thank you very much for listening to the Electronic Wireless Show episode 97 I nearly forgot then uh, and thank you for joining me Matthew thank you for having me thank you for joining me Nate oh, it's been real thanks bye everyone goodbye love you bye.
What is, oh, what am I to say? Cut this bit out, Graham.